Welcome to TMG Today. Join other master manifestors across the globe to turn your goals into reality at lightning speed. Here, we connect the dots for you so you can skip all the nonsense and finally get unstuck. Right here on the Manifestor's Guide today. Let's go. Hello, fellow adventurers and master manifestors, and welcome to TMG Today, the Manifestor's Guide podcast. I'm Dewey Taylor. (laughs) It's great to be back, everybody. This is the intersection of universal law, success principles, and leading edge science. So if you find value in anything that you hear on the podcast today, make sure that you share. So go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe to us. We're on YouTube and podcasting apps everywhere and on social media at Manifestor's Guide. We have taken a little break, obviously, as you guys have noticed, and we've gotten some great messages, and we so appreciate your messages asking where we've been. We've been practicing law of compensation. We had some some COVID stuff going on. I had COVID twice, and Charlie had COVID as well. We just took that as a little bit of a, a sign that it was time for us to take a little pause. And in this time, I cannot even begin to express to you what has happened to TMG what has happened to our mission and how it has just grown and exploded. We have new founding members of the company who are just expanding us and expanding our mission, which is to create master manifestors across the globe. That really is our mission in life. This has been just such an incredible experience to apply purpose into the world and everything that you do and just see you guys expand and grow and go out and do more amazing things. This is how we change the world by first changing ourselves. As always, this is an extension of our Inner Circle online community. And as we say a lot that this is a part of our Master Manifestor system, what does that actually mean? Well, we're really excited to announce that we have a Manifestor's Guide to Ease system right now, which we have called our Master Manifestor system for a long time. We're actually rebranding and expanding that system as the Master Manifestor system to create more Master Manifestors. And we're really excited to announce as well in 2022, we are offering our very first certification. That's right. So our MMS system comes with an MMS certification. What does that actually mean? We have five brand new courses that we are rolling out next year, and we are offering a very special introductory offer for anyone who wants to come join our community. Anybody who buys into our Manifestor's Guide to Ease system right now is going to get a free upgrade into the MMS system for your MMS certification. This new MMS system is valued at over $10,000. We're going to give everybody who joins right now a free upgrade. This is for a very limited time, so take advantage of it. And also remember, if you join from the podcast using code TMG today, you get an additional 10% off as well. So we're talking massive, massive savings there. If you wanted to come in and coach with us and move your life forward at lightning speed, we would absolutely love to have you. So what is in store for TMG today in the future? Well, starting in January, we're coming back stronger than ever with 12 brand new episodes. And let me tell you, they are episodes that are not to be missed. But we wanted to give you guys a little taste of some of the cool format changes we have. Charlie's going to be back next year with us, but we also have some new people that are going to be joining our podcast, some new regular contributors that I'm so excited to introduce you to. And to give you a little taste of what TMG today is going to be like moving forward, We wanted to present an incredible interview with the amazing Ruth Mendelson. Now, if you're not familiar with Ruth, you're going to be a huge fan and fall in love with her by the end of this interview. 
Ruth is a producer. She is a film composer and author. I guarantee you, you've heard her work before. You may not know it, but you've heard her work. And she has such a legacy that she's leaving behind. She works very closely with Dr. Jane Goodall. She's a philanthropist. I just cannot say enough about how incredible that she is. And we had the most amazing conversation that you're about to hear. Ruth's book, The Water Tree Way, is our very first official selection for the TMG Book Club. You can read more about that on our blog at manifestorsguide.com. So to tell you a little bit about The Water Tree Way, I wanted to quote Dr. Jane Goodall, who also writes the foreword to Ruth's book. Dr. Goodall says, The Water Tree Way is a story full of magic and adventure. There are all kinds of wise messages. It's a book that will be enjoyed by old and young alike and it comes at a very pertinent time. It is a fanciful adventure. If you love books like you know, Harry Potter and kind of fantastical things like that, you're gonna love this, but it has its own unique world. And it, it's a book really that builds self-esteem, especially in the younger generations, but this is a book for all ages and the generations to come. So sit back and relax, and when we come back from the break, we're going to jump right into this incredible interview with Ruth and talk about all sorts of amazing things, including her career. We're going to talk about the Water Tree Way, talk about her relationship with Dr. Jane Goodall, and much more right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. TMG is partnered with Podbean to bring you new episodes each week. Are you finally ready to step into your own power and let your voice be heard? Well, then why not start your very own podcast? Remember, what you find ordinary, others will find extraordinary. It's never been easier to produce and distribute your podcast to every major podcasting app available. Podbean also makes monetizing your podcast foolproof so you can add value to the world while you're making money. Thanks to our partnership, you can try your first month absolutely free. Visit podbean.com slash TMG today. That's podbean.com slash TMG today. Brain science has shown that by the time you're seven years old, you've installed a program in your mind that you'll run for a lifetime. And for 99% of us, we're running a program of struggle, but you can change that. At TMG, we've designed a system to install this new programming to get you exactly where you want to go. With the power of brain science and multisensory learning, you'll discover your path of least resistance as you manifest your goals into reality. And for a limited time, you can try the Manifestor's Guide to Ease system absolutely risk-free. This system comes with unlimited access to weekly coaching for accelerated results, as well as instant membership into the Manifestor's Inner Circle online community. If you're ready to finally get unstuck and create the ultimate life success you know you're capable of, visit manifestorsguide.com. Use coupon code TMG today for 10% off and we'll send the Manifestor's Guide to Ease system to your email right now. That's manifestorsguide.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am so excited. So our guest today is a New York Times critics pick and Emmy nominee composer producer, arranger who has been writing award-winning scores for documentaries, HBO, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Disney, just to name a few. And that's just a few because there are a host of others. But she's been doing this for over 25 years. She is the first woman in history to teach in the film scoring department at Berkeley, 
where she designs and teaches master classes in documentary and dramatic scoring. But on top of being a keynote speaker, music director, humanitarian, she's also an author with the release of her renowned fantasy novel, The Water Tree Way, which I'm currently reading and I love it. So this has quickly become a favorite for readers all around the world, including us over here. We're big fans. So please welcome to the show, Ruth Mendelson. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much. Wow, great intro. That's amazing intro. An amazing career. Sometimes it can be quite a whirlwind to hear all that you've done. What a magnificent journey. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yes. Well, thank you. But, you know, I mean, it's some, there's something that I've said before in, 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 um, you know, to people, which is that the credits serve the purpose of they're, they're a nice name plate to have in this world that is because we're in a bizarre world, but it just gives yes. credibility <laughs> to love and compassion and service. That's why I list all these credits, you know, absolutely. It, yeah, I mean, these are things that I, I mean, yeah, I've done them, but in truth is, I mean, humanly speaking, really the credits, they don't mean very much. I mean, yes. a trophy is just something that's going to collect dust in a closet, really. But what rings true is the work you do. Yes. You know, in the, what are you, what are you putting forth in the world and how are you doing it? That, that's, that's the real triumph. Well, and it's so true. We teach here at TMG all the time to our members who are just a little bit, you know, lost in their purpose. It's if you get the purpose first and then you kind yeah. of reverse engineer back from that, all the yes. things that you thought you wanted to manifest before, end up becoming just positive symptoms of your real purpose, because that's what you really want more than anything. It's the bigger picture. I, I like the way you put that. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to talk about your education uh, journey and teaching. I'm so excited to talk about that. Your humanitarian work, which you said said before, we had a, a little bit of a pre-interview and you have a lot of humanitarian work. So we'll touch on that today as well. Absolutely have to get to your book, but I'd love to start with just your music career, because you're such a musical person and music's such a big part of your life. So how did you get into music and how did that segue into such an illustrious career? <laughs> Ta -da -da. The, <laughs> it started when I was three years old, actually, when I was at my neighbor's house and we snuck into a, his seven-year-old brother's room, which is a big deal when you're three, you know. <laughs> So, um, and I saw a guitar on a, the top shelf of a closet and I, I mean, I really remember it. Like it was just one of those, you know how we all have these moments that just kind of reverberate throughout time. Yes. Yes. This vivid memories. Yeah. So from there, I'm just going to fast forward. I snuck into blues and jazz clubs in Chicago, way underage. When you were three? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, when I, you know, I learned how to drive at three and a half, you know, but um, yeah, so I, I was 11 which was pretty, you know, I was this little half pint and there was a band called The Pieces, which was one of the major blues bands in Chicago. Great musicians, real storytellers, like not not just about, you know, not about theory, music theory or anything like that. But just like this is how I feel, you know, real music. Yes. And um one of the lead guitarist saw me hiding in the corner one time because I'm not supposed to be there. I'm way underage. And he took off his guitar and he pointed to me like this. And now it's like, Oh my God, I'm busted. I'm being, I'm being tossed out of here. And he, <laughs> he handed me his guitar and he said, okay, play. And the band kicked into Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Yes. Okay. And I, and I have to say, I sucked. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I'd never played an electric guitar before. I'd been, I'd been playing acoustic. But um, this guy, Murphy, the guitarist, he he was really encouraging of me. He said, you got it. You just just keep coming back. Absorb. Just absorb. 
which I did. And he was right. Wow. So you're completely self-taught. Yeah. No, I was for years until people started asking me to do studio work and I, I couldn't read any music. I eventually got into school and that was, um, I mean, I drove a truck for a couple of years to, I, I it was, it was, it was an insane, I, I actually had a, I was living in Colorado at the time and had a dream to move to Boston. So I moved there and that's ultimately, it's, it's still the area that I am in right now. Um, oh, wow. And I was told in this dream, I was told I had to study that it was time. And it was it was a powerful dream. Like, it, you know, some dreams are just because of something you ate the night before. Some dreams are you exactly. know, significant. It was one of those. One of those where your subconscious is really speaking to you, right? Where it's like, yeah. listen to what I'm telling you, right? It now. was guidance. Don't forget yes. this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It was that. And I and I actually dream a lot of music, too. That's so interesting to me. I, I would love to ask you about that just because, you know, I think I've talked to so many creative people throughout my career and we talk to creative people here on the podcast and I hear that a lot. And I personally have experienced that a lot because I'm a writer and I, I get a lot of ideas through writing and I tell people all the time, have a space, you know, practice segmentation, have a space to put those those communications because they're not really just ideas, right? They're communications. And if it doesn't, Agreed. if you're not the person who's going to write it down, it's going to go to somebody else, right? Because it's just pure inspiration. True, true. And again, it's service. It's it's purposeful. There are times I'll hear a, this. This happened to me many years ago. I haven't thought about this in a long time. I, I just I heard this melody. It wouldn't leave me alone. I didn't know that there was a friend of mine in the other room. This melody wouldn't leave me alone. So I went to the piano and played this melody and then really started playing it. And then these other ideas, how to arrange it. And so I was doing, cause I play several instruments now. Um, it turns out then this friend of mine who was in the other room listening to this the whole time said to me the next day, thank you. That was exactly what I, that was the answer I needed. So it wasn't wow. for me. Yes. That was my first experience of like, wow, this isn't for me. I mean, it's a, it, it's a, um, a joy and it's an honor to be a, a vehicle for it, but it's not really for me. Uh, you know, I'll claim the ones that are the mistakes. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that one was me. That would be for me. Yeah. But, but, you know, art itself has so much symbol, energy of symbolism embedded into it. And that's what our minds read on a daily basis, whether it's through sound or scent or I'm a, I'm, it's vibration, not, this, right? This episode is Frequency. not about me. This episode is not about me, but food is my, is one of my, is one of my artistic platforms. And, I, I'm teaching myself things all the time through it and sharing things all the time. And, and, and I get, so I get that you, you, you kind of saying that about your music. Right. I mean, it's a very, um, I mean, it's, it's ironic because, you know, it's staying out of the way, but at the same time, artistically and, and, uh, whatever art form, whether, you know, be, you know, culinary or music or writing, um, the more intimate, the more universal. Yes. Oh, I love yeah, that. Love, yeah. I love that. I could go on a t-shirt right there. Oof, right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You know, we teach, um, you know, here, obviously, all the universal laws. We do universal law, success principles, and science to kind of round out everything, give people a cool. full experience of, of just the whole universal law and manifestation journey. But one of the laws we teach, obviously, is the law of rhythm, right? And we say that you yeah. dance to the music of creation. So the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, all of it is a part of the journey. 
and you got to have all the notes to be able to enjoy the symphony. So how does that relate to your experience with music and in your just experience in your manifestation journey altogether? Because music to me is just such a part of that. Uh, wow, that's such a big question. I mean, it's a great question. That's a huge question. I mean, the whole universe is always pulsing. Yes. So we are rhythm. Our hearts are always beating. We're, we're, we are rhythm. There, there really isn't a way to separate ourselves from it. I, I think actually what creates illness is when people separate themselves and their thinking from it. Yes, I, I, think I, would, I would agree. Yeah. You know, that, that's, you know, cause, and I've also seen how people can heal also by retuning to that rhythm. I, I, I personally, this, I don't know how this is going to sound. I, I experience compassion as a rhythm. Ooh, I love that. How do you do that? How do you experience compassion as a rhythm? It's completely intuitive. So, you know, in terms of how to explain this, it, it's... Beyond words, right? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, like everything, really, when it gets down to it. So let's just sit here quietly, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Charlie, he wrote a great article on this on our blog. It was called... Um, what is it called, Charlie? It's, it's, foc it's focus on the feeling when words get in the way. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's really well put. I, I think that, you know, we are all connected in a world that is um, confused right now and to put it extremely mildly yes. but that when when there's that awareness that we're all um, connected we're all like this huge neuro net in a way absolutely you, you know and so that in itself I just experienced that as a pulse the compassion is what connects everything I think as yes. a, as a, as a, never really thought of it this way before, but like as a divine thread somehow. But for me to, to get to it, I have to be quiet. Would you say that that is, because I love how you're putting this, because we talk about these principles and these, you know, these universal laws from tons of different angles. But I love the way that you're saying that because not only is it compensation, right? Creating space for something to come in, what, right? With cutting out all the noise. But you're also talking about it in a sense where it's like you can't hear the whisper of intuition unless you are quiet. Um, I mean, in, in order to for because we're all very active. I mean, we all have things to do on this planet, but, you know, that, that require activity. Um, but activity for me personally, activity that's not born in silence usually goes wrong. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a formula. You know how to, if you want to screw it up, don't get quiet. It's like, you know, manifestor's guide. Okay. Manifestation. Like if I'm willful, that's not manifest because manifesting for me personally is receiving. And, and the thing is receiving an idea. This, it took me years to figure this out. Well, to, to, cause I was really willful, you know, for decades. I mean, like just, you know, if you ever saw someone running into a wall, that probably would have been me. Like, you know, so I mean, really, I think we can all relate to that in one so way or willful. another. Right. It's like, it's got to happen. Like, yeah, you know, and it's like, I mean, I think I, the sincerity was there, but I was completely misguided. Like I, what I didn't realize then that I, that I really have experienced time and time again now is that when you, when you get an idea, especially if it's something that seems completely outrageous that's actually going to help somebody then within that idea is encoded all of the energy and wherewithal and intelligence that you need to make it happen. It's like, it's, it's own little like 
It's like its own little survival pack. Yes, you know? I love that. I love the visual here. You know what I, Yeah, it's it's like this little, you know, like like the universe giving you a little survival, you know, like little backpack that, you know, so yes. you can unpack this idea, but you have all the provisions that you need. How does all that segue into your teaching career? You know, how does how do you how do you teach? That's right, you know, yeah, I was just about to <laughs> Yeah. I had a student once cuz I I yeah, I had a student one. She said to me, "This isn't a classroom. This is a spaceship." <laughs> that was like my favorite. <laughs> um, I had no intention of teaching. The school called me. I said oh, no. no. I said hell no, no, because I didn't think I could. I I didn't think I was qualified because I really did not have the academic background where I was trained out of the womb or anything like that. I I learned music academically speaking, very late. Now I'm grateful. At the time, I, I felt uh, differently. I felt intimidated at the time. Now I'm super grateful because I've, I had all those years of non-training where I was actually being trained into learning to trust myself. So then by the time I had academic tools, it's like I could apply it to that. Yes. You know, as opposed to getting it screwed up and try, thinking the technique is the creativity, which it's not. Ooh, I love what you're saying right now. And our listeners, I'm telling you, all of our members and our listeners are like, we hear it all the time, Ruth, that people that it's like they are being called to something greater. They are being called to something, but they don't. We hear it all the time, Charlie, right? It's, oh, I'm right. not qualified or maybe I need something else or I need that degree or there's some other step. The door's right there and it's open for them, but they yeah. just don't feel ready or worthy of it. I totally understand. Been there, done that, have the wardrobe on that one. <laughs> and, and. The thing is, there may be some qualifications, possibly, but at the same time, like the only way you know how to swim is you have to get in the water. But you stepped into it anyway. When Was there a point when you were like, oh, yes, I totally belong here. And actually, because of my unique road here, it's going to make this even better for, for the students that I'm working with. Right. Okay. A couple of things. Yes. A couple of things. Um, one... It actually, it was one of my most beloved mentors called me to say, we need some fresh blood around here. You know, would you be open to teaching this class? And I, and I, I've always been super honest with him. And I, and I just said flat out no. But what he said was, well, you know, if you hate it, quit. Yeah. I mean, how can you deny that? But the other part, (laughs) the other part is, and then, you know, for, for listeners out there, you know, sometimes you guys, when you're really afraid, that's the universe saying that's exactly where to go. Ooh, preach it. Say it again. I love it. You know yes, what I mean? everybody it's, listening here. Like, like, don't, that's, and I had, I was terrified and I knew myself well enough at that point to know it's like, oh crap, that means I have to do it. Ah, because there was a certain <laughs> terror that I felt that always yes. means it's the thing I have to do. Because we call that the discomfort zone, right? Yes. Step into your discomfort zone. Live there. It's a good place. Yes. Go it, for it. Exactly. And so like for people, like the thing that is, we all benefit from valuing risk. If, if we, yes. if, if we value the comfort, just being comfortable too much, it's great to have comforts, but at the same time, you don't grow on, a, you know, living on a mattress all day to value, you know, to, to really, um, and it's fun. You know, I, I think that, yes, it is fun. <laughs> you know, it, that's the other thing. It's like, um, there, there's something like children, little children 
do this innately. Like they don't, you know, they don't assess, should I try to take a step? They just do it. Yes. What's really important for me personally in the creative process is absolutely every single day I have to do something to, to dust off my innocence. Because if you don't know, all you can do is learn. All you can do is discover. But if you think you know, or you think even worse, if you think you have to know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. It's, got, it's rediscovering your magic. I'm literally writing an article about it right now about how to grow up without losing the magic. Maybe that's what I'll call it. I don't know. But that's really what it's about. It's, yeah. you know, we teach growing. Some people just grow old, you know, but um, they don't really learn how to grow up or how to grow up with still keeping all that magic and childlike wonder that we have that you're talking about. And it's so important. It's a, it's a societal teaching that it goes away. I, in my experience, it, it, it innately does not go away. It's not like, yes. oh, well, this is how it is. This is how life is. That was then. This is now. That's, that is a paradigm. That's not, yes. that's not a reality of, of human growth. I, I genuinely, because my life has been the older I get, getting older is so freaking underrated, but it's like <laughs> the older I, I get, the better it gets. You know, I mean, it was, yes. it gets better. If you d- get out of the hypnosis of the culture, you know. But that's the choice that we have, and that's so powerful. We have the choice what we plug into and when we plug into it. And once Absolutely. you realize that, Absolutely. we say all the time, you're the CEO of your own life. Stop just answering to the other boss. You get to make the choice. So you get to plug in or unplug as as often as you like, and you get to make that choice for yourself. So anybody Absolutely. listening who feels overwhelmed or they feel like they're they're completely stuck, just make a choice to unplug for a while and listen to that inner voice. I promise you're going to find something there, and it's going to be profound. The moment I realized that there actually was a place for me there, so I was terrified. I felt like I was an imposter, like these students have more training than me, you know? <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but... It was actually the first semester and that was, that was like over 20 years ago now. And, um, they just, they were so, there was such technical prowess, but they were completely disconnected from their intuition. I mean, it was just like, wow, you are a magnificently trained robot. Yes. Okay. Let's. Get back to your love of sound now. Let's get back to your love of music. How about this? Let's get back to your imagination. And that was something that was, um, of the, the students that I saw was really missing. Not by any fault, I would say, of the department. I, I really have to say. It's just like there's so much information and there's how to fit so much information into cram it into a small space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I see is students who are like, well, it's like what I say to them. It's like, okay, if you, somebody offered you a car that could go from one to 200 in a nanosecond, but had no brakes, would you buy it? <laughs> you know, it's a good question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Would you buy it? Because if you, yeah, if you know, <laughs> right. So if you're not stopping to, to, to tune in with your own imagination, with your own intuition, you're that car. Yes. That's a really good analogy for people to think about because, you know, we all, we think, especially even in terms of manifestation, a lot of times people think that it is 
the attainment at the end that is the reward. The That is not what it is. It's the journey along the way. That is the joy. That yeah. is the manifestation, is the process of it. And by the time that thing shows up that you thought you wanted in the first place, that's not the reward. It was your journey the whole way. And now you, you th there's something more that you already desire to create because we're always expanding, right? Absolutely. So, that is that is it right there. Oh, I love it. That's what inspired me to write the book. Well, it's it comes at a perfect time too. It definitely comes at a perfect time. Like you said, the world is we can tell the world is is hungry to to wake up. And that's what our purpose here is, is to wake up the world. You know, they're all running that program that keeps people asleep. And it's things just like your book that, you know, help people wake up, even if it just plants the seed and it's so important. So let me ask you this from an educational perspective, because you are an educator. So people talk about a lot that the education system is broken, not just in our country, but around the world. Right. Yeah. So as an educator, what is your definition of a true teacher and how does someone become a teacher, whether they're inside of a classroom or outside of a classroom? Okay. Wow. Well, that's a really great question. Wow. I would say the definition of a good teacher is a good student. Mm. And, and I'm saying this for a number of reasons, because this, this gets into a whole other level of depth. Because there are a lot of students right now that if you look at their behavior, it would be very easy to judge them. I've, yes. seen, oh, that, yeah. I've seen that happen. If there's no curiosity to really know what, what, is, where, what are they confronting outside of this classroom to have them be like this, you know, what's going on really. So, I mean, curiosity yes. is really, really, really important. We, I think it'd be so great if humans got back in touch with the lost art of actually understanding why someone is presenting themselves the way they are whether if they, if they disagree with you or if they maybe are a student and they're, they're resisting your, your teaching or your work. If they're, if they're opposing you in some way, there's a reason that person is like that. And, and, and so often, like you just said, we can learn so much about what someone's been going through and perhaps let them teach us or teach them by just stopping for a second and understanding that we're, like you said earlier, we're all part of this neural net. You know? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Well, like yesterday I had a, a, I was, I had a class and two of the students in the class spontaneously broke out in tears, which happens a lot. And if you really want to like um, teach, the heart has to be open because if it's just the head, it's going to, you know, it's, you're going to be stuffed with all this information. You might pass a test, but you're going to forget it all right after the test anyway. I see that all the time. Yes. So, so the, you know, uh, the role of, I feel of educators in this era, especially the heart has to be addressed. Like you said, you said it earlier. It's a holistic approach because yeah. we are not one thing and we're not just, uh, we're not a robot, you know? Right. We are mind, body, and, and soul. Right. I, and I think, you know, for anybody who wants to be a teacher, we're all teachers, actually. We're, you know, we're all role models, whether we know it or not. There's always somebody watching us looking yes. for some kind of example. So all of us are teachers, really. Like, for example, okay, one time, 2005, I'm going to have to really truncate this because th this is so involved, but um, I was uh, it would keep me up at night what's going to happen to children in Iraq and also in the United States when this war breaks out got this idea I'm going to travel across the United States I'm going to interview children and youth three to 19 years old about life love forgiveness anything they want to say to 
kids their age in Iraq. I'm going to make it, I'm going to edit this together because I'm also a sound editor. So that, you know, that's a no brainer. So I'm going to edit this together into some, in a spoken word CD. I'm going to include excerpts of music from field recordings where everybody is just going to come up with their own music and I'm going to get it to Iraq. Okay. That was the idea. The world said that was impossible. I mean, impossible. Yes. I, I put out an email to some people saying, this is what I want to do. It went viral. And in three weeks, I was being invited all across the United States to do this. Everything was wow. backwards, though. Wow. Everything was backwards. I'm not saying to do it this way to the listeners. This is my story. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm saying it should be your story. Okay. But these were your open doors. That there's always a way. There's always a way the door opens, and it can be a million different ways. Right. But so there is a way. There is a way. And so this, I didn't have any funding at the time for this project either. Like this is something that requires funding. Didn't have any. Didn't matter. Hit the road. So from South Central LA to New York City and everywhere in between. So white kids, black kids, native kids, Asian kids kids, you know, <laughs> who's really uh, the fabric of who's inside this country, you know, north, south, east, west, and had 72 gigs of extraordinary material, like wow. amazing. There were times I was, I felt like I was sitting across the table from like world leaders and then we would stand up and these kids would come up to my knee, <laughs> you know, I was like, I mean, it was crazy. So I did all the editing let me just fast forward then. The CD was smuggled into Baghdad by a very brave school teacher who risked her life because she did not want her students to grow up hating anyone. Mm. It became this underground hit over there. Wow. That led to somehow all of those communications connecting medical facilities with no facilities really at the time in Baghdad to doctors in Cochin, India at Ames Hospital in Cochin and babies that that had no healthcare were being airlifted out of Baghdad to Cochin, mm. India. Then it became a hit in Kenya, but I couldn't have imagined how the universe would supersize this. I think the the thing that's really important is once you get an idea it is important to understand why, where is that coming out from? Is it coming from your ego? I mean, frankly, is it coming from your ego or is it coming from your spirit? Mm. Yes. If it's coming from your spirit, it may be a challenge, but it's, it's the way to go. But if it's coming from the ego, think twice or three times or maybe four. Mm -hmm. Which means reflect. No, you know, with these things, if you, you know, Service and self-reflection are very, very, they're, they're two sides of a, the same coin. If you don't know yourself, but you want to give, then you really need to know yourself first, because why do you want to do something? Oh, amen. Ooh, you yes. know, so it's like self-reflection. Take the time. Like, who are you on the inside beyond the noise? And that's the intuitive part, part that it yeah. bypasses the program, right? Yeah. And that's where the, this whole, we call it open the giving cycle, right? You open this, it's a cycle of giving. It's, it's a cycle of planting seeds and investments into the world that you desire to see and the energies you desire to see. And it just go, it, it's not exhausting at that point. It is an adventure. It is something that you want to keep doing. And even if there's, you know, challenges, of course, that's part of the growth process, right? Sure. But it's Absolutely. something we want to do. 
Is there love? I mean, really, is it, if the, is this done out of a thought or is this done out of love? If it's done out of love, absolutely do it. So, because love also is nourishing, it will give you energy. You won't be tired. Yes. But, but if the, if this, but if the real, uh, motivation is love, love itself has its own energy. It will fortify you. Yes. You know, so like, like that. And I think that, you know, I wish these kinds of things would be taught in schools because these are principles I, I do believe how energy actually really works. Yes. You know, I mean, this is as basic as, you know, learning how to turn on a computer. Well, and what you're talking about, that's literally why TMG exists in the first place. That's why we're here mm-hmm. as as just an mm-hmm. entity is we are here only because this was ready to come into the world. What you're talking about, you, you're not going to learn it in school. You're not going to learn it. And, yeah. you know, maybe through educators like yourself, you know, you'll you'll get lucky with somebody. But there is more t- to this. And it's it's a simple education, but at the same time, it's so important, so impactful. It changes people's lives for the rest of their lives once they actually get this stuff down. It, it agreed. Even smiling at somebody who clearly is just having a hard time can be life changing for someone. Yes. There's a really cool story that I heard once that um, it goes like this. So there's this guy who um, is a beggar on a street. He's got nothing. Like he's starving. He's got nothing. And he's begging for, for food on the street. People are just walking past him, just ignoring him. And, and some with real disdain. And so he says to the universe, he says, I'm going to just ask one more person for just a kind word or a kind glance, even, even if they don't have food, I just need some kindness right now. And then the way the story goes is if that person, then if that beggar were to meet you, how would the story end? I love that. And I honestly, I relate to that very much so because there have been times in my life where I was at the exact same place where I, I didn't really need attention and I didn't need help, quote unquote. I didn't necessarily feel like a victim of anything, but I was just really asking for that too in my life. And I very much relate to that. Just, and I remember even saying that out loud to, to some, it was a family member and they were like, what's wrong? How can I help you? I said, I don't need help from anybody. I, it would just, you know, I, I just would love some kindness, you know? And so I'm going to give more kindness to the world because that's what I would love to see more of right now, because you know what? That's just where I'm at. (laughs) So I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think that's really important for every single person that's listening is, you know, if you want to see something in the world, create more of it by giving that out. That's, that is the giving cycle. You know, it, it creates more of it. It's cyclical. Absolutely. I think it's a, one of the things that's dangerous, but that's very easy to do is to wait for the outside situation to change. In order for, you know, it's like, it's all consciousness. Like if it's all of it. So if, if there's a situation that is not, that, that, that's not working, whatever that happens to be, it's one's own perspective. The, 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 the root is changing one's own perspective. I'm not talking about condoning something that's not cool. I don't mean that. I'm not at all saying that. It's that we're all empowered. We all have much more power than we think. And I think that, that that's the one of the major things in terms of the hypnosis of the culture. This is something I just want to share real quickly. Because I absolutely I, this well wishes CD that this project that I directed created, blah, blah, blah. Right? It now is all over the world. It's doing incredible things. 
However, I mean, I never could have foreseen some of the things that it's doing now. I mean, it's, it's, it's humbling. However, when I was cro- like uh, traveling around the country, re- interviewing these amazing, you know, children and youth, everyone, wherever, everywhere I went, which was a lot of places, everyone was saying, thank God somebody's doing something. The first time I heard it, I felt very energized by that, you know, because I felt like, okay, well, I mean, it was a nice acknowledgement, right? But hearing that place after place after place is like, what is happening here? There, I mean, no one thinks they can do anything. Yes. That's culture hypnosis. Right? That is. <laughs> that is absolutely. And I, I, I wouldn't have known that if I had not done that project and, and witnessed that, but at we, you guys, we all, listeners everywhere, yes, we all have power. It, we all have power. It, it's, it's a really important switch to, to, to make. Because the thing is, that's where people get exhausted, I think, or are afraid to try, too. It's like, well, yes. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's like, if there's something, especially if it's something that, that you're in your heart, you just dream of. What I hear from you, I think one reason people don't jump into giving in the way that we're talking about, or they, they, they plug into forms of giving that drain them, as you said, because it's this idea that, oh, I, that means I have to do more and I'm already burnt out. I'm already tired. I want to do, I want to do more. I would love to be, I would love to put more of what I want to see in the world, but I'm already burnt out. But Mm -hmm. what I keep hearing from you across how you create music, how you teach your students, how this project came about was you, Allowed yourself the space to to pause. Yes. To go, you, you go get go find silence. Whether it's in your backyard or if you can go to a beautiful space in nature, or just even as this project was taking off, it started with an idea, and you just took the first couple of steps. I, I, Ruth, I, I'm not going to say it as perfectly as you did earlier, but this is a this universe is collaborative. It wants to back you up. Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. so ready. It's so ready to jump behind what you want to bring into your own world and, and, and into others' worlds, it just needs us to go, okay, I'm willing to just be quiet for a moment and, and tune out what I think keeps me so preoccupied and just let something come in. Even a quarter of a step, that's all you need. See, that this is the other <laughs> yes. thing that I really learned. It's like, start small, whatever you do. Just start, start, it doesn't have to, like if somebody had said to me, like with that project in particular, wow, it's going to go all over the world. It's going to do all of this. I would have put so much pressure on myself. Yes. You know, it's. I think the universe did me a favor by keeping me in the dark the whole time. <laughs> and I mean, really, I didn't know. what you're, It's such an important thing to stop. But we're in a world now that where the teaching is not to stop, really. It's just go, yes. go, go, more information. Go, go, go. It's just those little moments of decompression. Right. Little investments to decompress constantly. Absolutely. Because the really great, at least in my experience, the really extraordinarily brilliant ideas ride in on silence. Oh, I love that. Ride in on silence. That is the way. Oh, man, you got T-shirts coming left and right out of this podcast. <laughs> we should start a we should start a shop out of this. That's good. Bumper stickers, you know. This is an amazing conversation. We're going to have to have you back because this is incredible. Yeah, but I want to get to your book. To so, you guys. You're, you yeah, this awesome. is great. So uh, your book, The Water Tree Way, can you tell us a little bit about the novel and what inspired you to write such a beautifully profound story? 
it, first of all, it kind of wrote me. Like I, um, and thank you for that. I, um, these images started coming to me three decades ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were so strong. They just wouldn't, they, they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't leave me alone. So it was a combination of, you know, the kind of everything that we were just talking about in terms of taking that space for, for silence. I have spent for years, I've gone out to the desert in the Southwest and spent two to five weeks out there just completely alone. If, if I can, at least once a year, but a lot of beauty and mystery is born out of doing that kind of thing. And so the, the images and some of the major characters of the book came, just wrote in because the book was coming in spurts and it, it really genuinely, I was agitated if I wasn't working on it. It was really, and, and this is something that I would like to just, you know, say to, to the, to the listeners out there, you know, sometimes if you find yourself being vexed, there just might be a masterpiece in you that you just need to let out. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> You that's know, good. that is one of the that's one of the best takes on 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 confusion I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like if if the if the mind's swirling, something's trying to find its way out. <laughs> you know, these things it's like the universe doesn't like necessarily say like, oh, I have a novel. I mean, I remember at one point I was do I was I was uh, I had to go. I was being asked for jury duty. And you, so I'm, I'm waiting all day. They didn't call me ultimately, but, and I'm just feverishly writing the book during that time. Like any spare moment I had was, was for that. So it, and, and it was like being given puzzle pieces though, because I would be, you know, here's one piece, here's another. And there were times when I really just did not know how they all would fit together. So it, it, it took, it, it definitely took time, but it was important to me that the book also have humor. Because I, I wrote yes. it, there are a lot of there's a lot of it, adult humor in the book. It's for children of all ages. Like the story itself is an adventure. Like there's a lot of wisdom in there, but it's tucked in in fun ways. At least, hopefully, I mean, to me, it is. But oh it's yes, like, absolutely. So it, going within to oneself is supposed to be fun. That is, we say, that's what the master manifester does. It's someone who is really excited to go on the adventure and is more excited they don't know what's around every corner. They right. just know it's going to be enthra- enthralling. Right, yes. exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting because the very end of, so Jane Goodall wrote the foreword for it. And I, I, yes, I like, I'm interested to know, like, how did you meet um, Dr. Jane Goodall and what is your connection with her? I would love to know. Okay. That's that, that also, I'm going to have to truncate this because there's a, like really crazy. <laughs> We're asking story. you profound questions today. Nothing more. So, <laughs> right? okay. I met Jane in, in 2002 at the UN in Geneva, where I was opening as a musician and for a peace summit. I was playing with the One Human Family Gospel Choir, who I play a lot of bass with. These are just like incredible, genius musicians and singers. And we were opening at the UN and um, the power went out during the sound check before we actually were on. I mean, everything, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. <laughs> they lost my base between Heathrow and uh, Geneva. So I had to stay at the airport in Geneva. Now, this is one of those things where it's like, 
Especially when everything is completely screwed up, there's usually something really marvelous around the corner that you can't possibly see. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, great. I'm playing at the UN tomorrow. I don't have an instrument. This is nice. So, <laughs> so I'm filling out the paperwork for my base because I, because of that, I have to take a later shuttle to my hotel. On that later shuttle, I sit with Jane Goodall's assistant. I was saying to Jane Goodall's assistant on the bus, uh, on the shuttle, um, I said, wow, I'm just, I, I'm so excited to be a part of this event. I just can't wait to be a fly on the wall here to just listen to what everybody has to say. And she looked right into me, right into my eyes. And she said, I hope you're going to be much more than just that. And that was like message. Don't just sit back in life. Yes. Participate. Eventually my base came back. We got to the UN the next morning, eight in the morning. We were to do a sound check. The, the power went out, which was insane. I mean, the power didn't go out in the main assembly hall. It only went off on stage. So we had like no sound check. There's a reason I'm going into this. So when we finally came on, it was just mayhem because everybody was tuning up. You know, you know, it, we didn't we didn't have any kind of a sound check for those of you out there who are not musicians. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like being caught with your pants down if you don't have a sound check. <laughs> Because you just don't know what the balance is going to be like. No, it really, it's its like, it's wrong. Everybody's running around like crazy. We, we're on one, two, three, boom, let's go. And I was just like, okay, this is so crazy. I'm just going to close my eyes and play. I'm not going to look. I'm just, I'm just going to play. <laughs> and so I'm playing and I'm thinking, wow, this is the most beautiful. I'm playing five string bass. It's just the most beautiful, warm tone. How do they get this tone in this hall? This is a huge hall. And I open my eyes. The bass is supposed to be facing out. It's facing me and it's in front of me. It's supposed to be behind me. So I'm, there I am in front of the world. There were 92 countries rep represented. So oh, I'm wow. playing bass standing there and I'm like kicking this bass amp while I'm playing to turn it around. <laughs> Unknown to me, Jane Goodall is, is, says to her assistant, who I happened to be on the shuttle with the night before, <laughs> Who is that? And that's when Estrella told her all about the conversation that we had had. The next day, I saw Jane alone walking down these steps at the UN. It was just one of those meant-to-be meetings. And I went up to her, and I just thanked her for all the work that she's doing. And she said, oh, no, Ruth, I know all about you. Estrella was telling me about your conversation. Uh, would you hold my purse, dear? I'm about to go uh, host a workshop. And literally, we were arm in arm, like, 30 seconds later, I'm holding her purse. So it was absolutely meant to be. <laughs> it was, and so immediately connected. Like, she's just Dr. Jane. You know, she wasn't the icon icon that is she's known for. She's just Dr. Jane. And so yeah. I attended part of this workshop, which was incredibly life-changing for me. And it was all about what can we do for the world's youth. She really just, she was just holding the space like I learned a lot about management just from seeing how she held the space. Like it, it mm -hmm. was, it was a fulfillment I didn't even know I had been seeking. So then I got back to the States and a couple of weeks later, Jane called me, which I was shocked. And then we, <laughs> and it was around that time I was actually working on the well wishes project, that humanitarian project. And so she, um, really was a, a an incredible, um, mentor in, in terms of perseverance for me, because at the time that I was working on that project, there were very few human beings that were supportive of this. 
Wow. Because I know you have, we could have you back, obviously, and talk about all of your, just your composing work, because you have such an extensive, you know, um, library of composition work that I would love to discuss. Because I'm a filmmaker, too, just so you know, so I could pick your brain about that all day. Yeah, I have a movie coming out next year. So, um, but I would love to to pick your brain about that and and another episode. But when I'm scoring a scene, the first thing I do is watch the scene at least 10 times without thinking music at all. Mm-hmm. It's the most ironic pro- process because I'm there to write the music, but the last thing I need to think about is the music. I need to let the film inform me of itself so that I have any clue. I, I need to be in relationship with it yes. first <laughs> before I start writing it at all. So, Okay, now applying that to like a, a book idea, et cetera, et cetera. It seems ironic because the whole thing is like, I got to do this. I got to do this. But in order to do this, it's also important not to do it. <laughs> yes, it seems so counterintuitive, but it is that is the creative process. Right, right? because if um, because if you don't know that, it can be really easy to get discouraged and just stop. I've seen this happen a lot. I see people give up on themselves really way you know, just give up. But because they don't yes. know this. Like it's really important like if you're feeling creatively stuck, yes. just stop. Just just stop. Stop. Some of the, you know, like take like just unplug from that, then take a walk, do something. Because a lot of then, you know, at least in my experience, a lot of in doing that, like I I know when I'm working on a film, I get to a point where I like that dial goes over and it's just time to take a break. Yes. If I try to push past that, everything I write beyond that point is going to suck. Like you said, push past it. That's the forceful action part. If, if the, if all of our listeners could just hear what Ruth is saying right now, that forceful action part of this is that really is when it's time to put the brake on, right? Yeah. When you're having to push or force or that's, that is the cue yeah. when you're listening to your gut to, to take the foot off the gas, you know, just let it be for a while. Right. Exactly. You know? I think that, that if, you know, when it comes to actually doing something, it's really important to, um, don't wait for it to feel easy at the beginning. Just start. Being uncomfortable is massively important because mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable, guess what? It means you're growing. Okay. So every single person who is currently a member in our MMS system who keeps pushing back on that, I want you to listen to what Ruth just said <laughs> because being <laughs> uncomfortable is important. We it's It's one of our success principles, but also we hear it week after week where people are like, I know I'm supposed to be uncomfortable, but I'm really uncomfortable. We're like, well, correct. But, okay. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what, it, yeah. I, I think that there's, there's some kind of expect. That's what I mean about it. This being romanticized. There's an unspoken principle that would be really great if this were just universally understood on this planet at this time, which is that anytime you want to start a new venture, it will be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. All right. When I first got out of school, and I was going to start scoring films and, and I was freaked out. I mean, I, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't have any of my own gear. I didn't have anything that you're supposed to have, but I loved what, <laughs> but I, I knew I loved it and I wanted to do it. That, that's what I had was the love of it, really. Nothing in the material way at the beginning at all. And so, but actually it was my 
dad who's in construction, who knows nothing about this. He gave me the best advice. Um, cause he, he said, if you're not getting rejected a lot, you're not getting out there enough. Ooh, yes. Because, Amen. For sure. And that was a life changer for me. You know, when the rejection started coming, it gave me a way to frame it. It's like, this now is a trophy. It's showing me that I'm getting out there enough. Yes. Amen. And rejection is a part of the attraction process because when you're attracting, you're also going to, you're attracting what you desire, but you're also repelling the things that aren't meant for you. That is what we call rejection, but it's part of the attraction process, right? And when you're, when you're married, when you're married to the outcome, the rejection is often taken as proof that you're not worthy or can't have the Mm -hmm. outcome. And something that I, you know, you had said earlier, in this conversation, Ruth, which we, we got to the point of us going, you know, yes, it's all about the journey, you know, and it's the journey that we really enjoy. And I'll be 100% honest, when I was plugged into that paradigm of just wanting the outcome, when people said that, it really pissed me off. Yes. And, you know, one of the things like for people who, you know, like somebody who wants to, you know, say they have an idea for a book and how to da 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 you know, what's it a really, really important quality to have as part of the creative process is just curiosity. Because if it's all achievement oriented, um, it's gonna be dry. You won't have fun, but if you're curious and allow yourself to find, like when I'm scoring a film, sometimes I feel like I'm in a sound lab with these test tubes of sound. It's like, I'm gonna try that and it blows up. Okay, not that. I mean, there there are times when, you know, I, I might be working on like a big project with a serious, timeline that's tight but i am not willing to forfeit my curiosity it's not about not being you know industrious and all of that i mean of course you 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 need to take action sure um but the the nature of the mind is to be condemning i mean the major i'm I'm talking about one component of the mind i'm not talking about the whole glorious mind thing but there is this is another thing that i wish was really taught in schools this whole thing about like how do you manage your own mind because there there is a component in the human mind that is self-critical ruth we're gonna have to have you back because i'm telling you that this is what our company what everything you're talking about is what our company is about that's what tmg is it's about understanding the limitations of the human body how to transcend but how to use that in your to your advantage that's yes. what we're here to do for people right. because you can get everything all these components working for your favor, going in the same direction, getting that's what alignment is, right? When you get everything in alignment with the purpose and the passion and the goal. Oh, we we could. OK, we're going to have to have you back. we're going to have to have some sidebars and then have you back because we got a lot to talk about. This is yeah. so good. Thank you so much for being on the show with us this week. This was incredible. And you are welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Yes, you are awesome too. I just love your spirit and just, I know that our members and our audience got something out of today. And let me say this, if you did get something out of today, as always, make sure you like, share and subscribe and share this with somebody that you know, because why Charlie, why did we do that? <laughs> because when you put value out in the world, you get it back multiplied. And do we, let's uh, maybe give Ruth a second to say any last words to our listeners and also let our listeners know where they might be able to find you online. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And most importantly, please listen to yourselves. 
that's what occurs to me just to share in this moment. And where can you find me? I'm I ruthmendelson.com and also thewatertreeway.com. Thank you again a million times over for being here. I would love to sidebar and have you back on because we just, I feel like we have so much to talk about. <laughs> this yeah, is such do. a great episode. And let me say to all of our listeners, go check out the Water Tree Way right now for more information on any of the topics that we discussed. You can also visit our blog at manifestorsguide.com. We will have more information on Ruth and her book there. You are powerful, you're important, and you are meant to be here to listen to the messages today. So we will hit you up for another incredible episode of TMG today. So have a phenomenal week and remember, Remember, as we were talking about earlier, I'll just leave everybody with this. Whatever you want to see more of in the world, invest a little bit of that out into the world this week and see what comes back to you. We love you. Bye.